Praise the Lord. This is Evangelist Julius Adiwumi of the Gospel Distribution Ministry. Please listen to this message that was preached at GMI Church and it will bless your heart. Thank you. And the Bible says, we, when he shall appear, we shall be like him. So that is the glory that he planned for mankind. That is the light body that can never die. Now, if you change to light, well, when I was in physics, no, engineering, and when I was in bachelor's degree, we were doing physics, what they call atomic, whatever, they can't remember the topic. And the professor, that was an unbeliever, he thought he was joking. He said, hey, you know, it's you Christians said Jesus Christ went talk to heaven. He said, that will be possible if you can change particle to wave. That was a professor in physics. He said, that will be possible if you can change particle to wave, electromagnetic wave. Which what light is electromagnetic wave. So I just said, I said, well, God could do that. And that was what God is saying he will do. Changing this physical material. What is our body? Atoms. Atoms. You all went to school. You say, oh, atom is the smallest particle that can be divided. Oh yeah, that was how far we went when we were in college. Atom, what is an atom? The smallest particle, if you cut it, cut it and cut it, the smallest you cannot cut into pieces, that is an atom. And when you go further, we say, what is quantum? Going to quantum electronics, you say, well, what is that atom? Oh, atom is electrons, protons, neutrons. Okay, yeah, well, that is, now, well, what is electron? And then we're going to quantum electrons. Electrons, they actually waves, packets of waves. What is wave? Electromagnetic waves. So the professor said, well, I'm telling you, if you can change the particles to waves, we can disappear and appear. We can go at speed of light. So you see why Christ is saying, those are small things for the Holy Ghost. It's in another world can manifest. That is the body that God planned for mankind. The glory that the Apostle Paul is saying, we say, let me read that verse again that I just read. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. What did Apostle Paul say? The glory that shall be revealed, you know, say that, let me read it again. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Think about it. That is the body God is preparing for you and for me. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. This glory that I just described in a nutshell, that our body will suddenly change to light. And it's going to be a light that can change back and forth as you will it by the quickening power of the Holy Spirit. That is the plan of God for you and for me. Think about it. But you want to lose that glory. That is why Christ said, what will it profit a man if you gain the whole world and lose your soul and lose this destination we are talking about? Our destination for the body is to come to that light glory where we become like Christ and appear and disappear and show ourselves like light and then come to the physical body and then come back into the other into the, into the material body or to the, to the wave body and go to another planet just like that at the, at the thinking of the thought. This is what the angels are already using. Think of it like a vehicle. 
like a transportation vehicle. They thought Elijah was appearing and disappearing. Think of it like a, a vehicle. Suddenly, look at all these things we have discovered now. You can take your cell phone and talk, and he's talking to your friend in China, and a wave is taking it. Something is carrying your voice, and it's going, and it's appearing in China. Okay? And we said, wow, we, human beings have invented, we didn't invent anything other than this, this small thing, but the wave has been there before we all came over here. We are discovering how to use it. Discovering. So we were only discovering it. So what God is saying is that angels are already using these things I just told you about. They can appear. Now angels are surrounding us. You can't see them. But they can appear in our realm when God wants them to appear. So when I said we are going to change from particle to wave, that was the plan of God in the original creation. But Adam lost something and got quenched it and drove them out so that they cannot go back in and out. They can't go back in, they can't go back out and the human beings have been locked out of that possibility. Until Christ came, he came to redeem us, to bring us back so that we can inherit this possibility to go back and forth from the visible to the invisible. That is the plan of God for our boy. Amen? Now, when that is done, he also planned a city for us. Let's go to see. Let me describe that city, the heavenly glory. Open to Revelation chapter 21. So all these things are the prophets have described. They have described it. These things are true. Even science is telling us we are getting closer to understanding this thing better. In the book of Revelation, chapter 21, Apostle John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. So for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Well, what do you, what do you mean by new heaven? We know what consists a new earth, we are maybe a new planet. But he said, a new heaven. Well, what he called heaven could just be the sky, the firmament. Anything above this ground, he would call it heaven because that's what he meant. Elijah went up to heaven. They didn't know whether he went to another planet. He just has anything above here is heaven also. So they say he knew heaven. So I can say, oh, well, maybe if there will be no more sea. Now, think of this planet, just this planet alone. If, if God is to evaporate all the water that is on this planet, and they form a cloud. It will look like a new heaven. Why? Because the cloud will be completely different from what we have now. It will be so thick. Who knows color that will be on that cloud. And if the light is coming from the another sun through those clouds, it will look differently. If all the water, because there's too much water on this planet, it will look like a new heaven. How much more if we are no more on this planet, we are on another planet that has no water, and you look up, it's going to look like something different. So Apostle John saw something. I'm just trying to make you to see that. He saw something that he's describing. And the only way he could describe it is saying it's a new heaven, a new earth. How God does it is what I'm just saying. It could be this, it could be that, it could be anything, but it's a new heaven and a new earth. That he's saying rejoice in what God wants to do. But will you be one of them to inherit this place? 
Now, how long can you live on this planet? How long? The longest person that lived on this planet never clocked 1,000 years. And that is just one day, as far as God is concerned, one day, 1,000 years. The longest person that lived the longest, he made two solar. 962 years. 962 years. That's not even one day. Because God said, in the day you do this, you will die. That's why none of them clock 1,000. Except the one the Lord took without seeing death. So what I'm trying to say then is, I'm going to trade 960 something years for this eternity where you are going to see this glory, this great glory that God is describing, a new heaven and a new earth where there will be no more death. And it should be forever. Forever is so huge compared to 1,000 years or one day, how much more? We don't even live 120 nowadays. The last thing God told Moses was 120 years is what he gave to man. And hardly do you see many people getting that far. In the days of King David, they were saying, 70, oh Lord, if we ever make 80, we are strong. That was David in the kingdom. Now you can say, well, people are living up to 102, 103, the oldest man in Guinness Book of Records, 110, 115. That's still small. Don't trade that for this heavenly home. Eternity. Eternity. Let me read for us chapter 21. I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. This is what he wrote. I didn't write this. A new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. It's a city that is coming down. That is the city that has foundation that Apostle Paul described in the book of Hebrews. So these men, they are all looking for a city. Abraham looking for that city. And for that purpose, they were actually living in tents. They decided not to be mansions for themselves on earth. They live in tents because they call themselves pilgrims upon the earth. And the God has prepared for them a city. And Apostle John is describing this city for us in this chapter 21 of the book of Revelation. And he heard, verse 3, and I heard a great voice out of heaven say, Behold, that is look. That's what behold means. Look, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God described what he will do. He said, God said, I will wipe away tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death. See what I just said? We say, well, they died. What's going to happen to those who died? He's going to raise them back to that body. Oh, yeah, you have, you have not listened to my sermon on resurrection. I have it on radio. I preach it for the radio, not here. But resurrection, the bodies of those that have been dead, they will be resurrected again to their physical body. Those bones that were in the grave for hundreds of years, they shall come out again and live again. And God said, we put flesh upon it again. He gave example of that in the book of Ezekiel. That is, he will bring these people that were there back to their physical body that can be changed to what I just described. Because this physical body is what is going to change. So, well, some people say, oh, well, what does God need those bones for? He can just 
flick a finger and we will all, but we, if we are not, if those bones were still in the grave, then it's not called resurrection. It won't be called resurrection if the bones were still in the graves. Think about that. What does resurrection mean? It will not be called resurrection if those bones were still in the grave somewhere and their spirits are just floating. Then that is not resurrection. But God called it resurrection. That he is going to bring the bones back because he needed those bones. Say, so, well, gee, God can create new bones. No, he didn't want to create new bones. That's why when he made the first man, he listed it. They said, we wanted to make the woman. Well, why did he have to go and make a rib out of the body of the man? Or do you think that was just a symbol? He said, he made the Adam sleep. And I took a, he took a rib out of Adam. He said, gee, you lost all the materials or what? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So God said, no, I needed that bone to make a woman. So God still needed that bone that was in the grave to bring them back alive and change them to that supernatural body we are just describing. The glory that has changed from light to wave back to body. God needed that bone. So he's going to raise them up again, give them this new body, and they shall live forever. Amen. That is what he's saying. There will be no more death at this time. Neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. Verse 5. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Right. For these words are true and faithful. That is, the man, the one that was sitting on the throne, God Almighty is saying, Write it. This is true and faithful. That is, it will not fail. Or it could take 1,000 years more, but it will not fail. Because 1,000 years to God is like yesterday, just two days, three days. The Lord God has been waiting for 6,000 years to bring us to this point. Since he created the first man, Adam. See? So, to him, that's like six days. Let me give another postulate. The scientists know that one day on our own planet, or one year, when the planet is rotating like this and we are going around the sun like this, to go around the sun takes one year also. That one year on another planet that is rotating differently, it's like one day. Because they can look at it and say, how long, how does, it, how long does it take Jupiter to go, to just turn around in this big size? That's one day on Jupiter. And the planet Earth will have rotated like this so many times which we call days and nights and days and months. Then think of where God is. So that's why a day, the Bible says a day with him is like a thousand years with us. So, and the scientist said if somebody gets into a space ship and you fly away at the speed of light and you go just for a particular few minutes, they calculated it. They say if you come back, you will be like so many years old. In few minutes on this flying at the speed of flight. But when you come back, your children will have been great, great, great grandchildren have been born for you, and you are just 37 years old. But your children have become great, great grandchildren because it takes them so many hundreds of years on planet Earth for you to come back. And when you come back, you will have been 37 years old. If Elijah showed up right now, he will be like a, a young man the way he left. Okay? 
But she won't know nobody because all the generations have done come and gone, come and gone, come and gone, come and gone. So what we are saying is, when God said all these things, they are true and they are faithful. He meant it. So a thousand years with us is nothing to him. Verse 6 said, and he said unto me, it is done. Not it shall be done. It is done. God always speaks in past tense because these things, like we said, is done, gone. Our names were already written before we were even born in the book of life. So you are walking through a movie that has been pre-recorded that some people have seen it over, over and over again. They have seen the end from the beginning. So you are just walking through it. But think of it when you turn a movie on that you have watched over and over again and your children have never seen it, you will tell them, that man is going to do this thing next. They wonder, how do you know? Because you have watched that movie 100 times. Not so. But to them, they are seeing this movie for the first time. I remember when I came to America, I was watching all this Leave it to Beaver. And it excited me, Leave it to Beaver. But it was, it was recorded in the 1940s. <laughs> Amen. So that's what I'm saying. Those who have seen it over and over again, they will know what Levi, Levi is going to do next and, and so on and so forth. So that is what God is saying when he tells you, he tells you about what his plan is and what you are going to do next and what is going to happen next. He has already seen these things. It is done. Past tense to him. Now he's giving you a hope so that you can hang in there. Hang in there because you see that many have passed before us that overcame also. And verse 6 of the Bible, he says, I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. That is, he is the beginning. He, is the end. he has seen the beginning, he has seen the end. And he's telling you. He says, I will give to, uh, to him that is a task of the fountain of the water of life. Freely. And he says, he that overcome it shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Amen? Clap for Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. Well, I'll come back to that verse. Let me go to chapter 22, or just describe the city itself that Apostle John saw. From verse 9, Apostle John said, And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which are the seven vows full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. When somebody calls you and says, Come, let me show you the bride, the lamb's wife, you will say, Oh, who is that beautiful girl that Jesus is going to marry? What did it show to him? It showed him a city. Amen? That is the bride, a city. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her life was like unto a stone, most precious, even like to a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Now, it's going to describe all of these things which you can read and read and people have, some people say, oh, maybe it's just symbolic. symbolic. He said, I saw a city. And he said he was taken to a mountain because when you see the description of this city, for you to see inside, you've got to be on the top of a mountain to see inside. 
because just the dimension, brother, put on that PDF. People have been trying to predict, to just think of what it could look like. Put on that PDF. I saw some of these people in New Jerusalem, they tried to say, well, if, if it could be this, it could look like this, and they're just drawing it out. I actually, when I was in Nigeria, I calculated what he called the dimension of it, because the, the angel mentioned it, and he said it's the measurement of man in verse 16. And they call it the city life four square, the length as large as the breadth, and he measured the city, and he said 12,000 furlongs. People are trying to depict what it could look like. So some people draw out there and say, well, if it's, it's going to be like a cube, because that's what he described here. He said 12,000 furlongs, the length and breadth and the height are the same. That's a cube. And he said, he measured the wall 140. So they say, well, what does that mean? It's the thickness of the wall or something like that. So there are many things that he described here for us. But when you see, what is it, 12,000 furlongs? I calculated it, it's about 1,500 miles. 1,500 miles length, 1,500 miles breadth. Then of course the mystery is that it's also 1,500 miles tall. Oh, what kind of city is that? Could it be actually a whole cross of mountain God just cut it to and then dig inside it and make inside the whole planet I call it planet, call it a asteroid body that it carve it out into a, into a mountain, into a cube and then make inside of it hollow and then make the cities inside it could it be that? you know 1500 when I was in Nigeria I measured that from Lagos to Maiduguri which is the cross Nigeria is 1500 miles Say, wow, that's big. So that gives you Nigerian to see, to picture. That's like from the size of Texas, if I can think it that way. So you guys are no American map. You can say, well, size of Texas is the biggest state. But it's a city now. Go say it's a city. That is building. It's going to be that bad, that big. If it's going to land, if that city is going to land on the earth, you didn't say actually, I say it's descending. If it's going to land and land on Jerusalem, Jerusalem is respect. You have to talk of the old region from Syria all the way to Jordan. Make a cube like that. It's not, it's not, a, not Jerusalem city here that is not that by big. We're talking of the old region. That's why I say Nigeria is just the diagonal. It's 1,500 miles. So, and this city is length and breadth and height 1,500 miles. That's what the Bible said here. You can go to the next picture because they're just different people, just call it. Some people describe it as if it's going to be shining. Of course, it's going to be shining light because what you will read here. And he went further in verse 17. He measured the wall 104 square, 40 and 4 cubits, according to the measure of man. The angel was saying, this is the man's measurement, not supernatural. Just see the thickness of it. And the building of the wall, Jasper, and he described all the foundations see when when apostle paul said god is making a city that has foundation because well, no city on the planet has foundation a house has foundation not a city he said god is making a city that has foundation so and he apostle john is describing what god has made 
only person that can make a series that has foundation must be bigger. You have to be big to be able to make a foundation on your hand. Woman you want to make a foundation on this little house. They have to dig around and lay concrete and so on. And if you're going to do that for your whole city, you have to be huge yourself. Also. So God that we are dealing with is the Almighty. Amen. So I'm just describing to you what this heavenly city looks like. In verse 12 to 13 of Revelation chapter 22, it describes what I'm just describing, the size, the length, the breadth, the height, and so on. Go to the nature, scroll it up, you see some people depict like this, where it's a city with lights coming out from the door. And I saw a vision some about several years ago. I saw a vision. Think of it like a city, we see the entrance like that, that look like a, a gate and a light coming out of that. Is that the one where the light is coming out of that gate? Go to the next one. Maybe there's another one. Okay, something like that. I, I was in a vision, something in 2008, 2007, and I was on top of a mountain in that vision, and there was a gate like this, and, a, and that light, like that, People were coming from outside, they wanted to get in through that gate. And looking through that gate was almost as bright light, the whole city was like that bright light. And they came, trying to enter, they ran back. Very soon they are piling up at the entrance, they couldn't go in. I gave that vision several times. They couldn't go in because they, somebody was saying, an Indian was here trying to kill us at the gate. I was on top of a mountain just looking at the drama that was going on. Now, as they were doing, as they were congregating at the door of that, at the entrance of that city, then someone said, wait, the Lord is coming to talk to us. The Lord is coming to talk to us. And then from that city, on top of the, of the wall, came doves coming from the city. Doves. They just flew out, and then the Lord also came with them, doves. He also flew out and landed in front of those people, the crowd that were gathered at the gate that couldn't go in. And the Lord told them that, did I not tell you to love one another? Did I not tell you to love one another? That was why they couldn't go in. Well, that was depicted to me in that vision. I'm sure that they most likely wouldn't get through to the entrance. But God wanted to show you what he meant. Why they couldn't go into the door. Because they have something missing. They claim to be believers. They claim to be Christians. Something was missing. Now, I've described to you that heavenly home. And I've described to you that our glory that we are to get. Our body is going to change to. Because by the time you get to that door, you change the light to go in. Your body, only goes in you, will just change you to light. To go in. Now, to go in, like I said, without showing that vision, something has to be there. He said, did I not tell you to love one another? The only thing that can get you there is that love, divine love. The only way we are going to get into that city is when we have that love. This is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you.
The only thing that can get you there is that love, divine love. And that's why I'm going to talk. That's my topic today. So, what oh, you mean? You describe all religion to talk about love? Oh, yes. Because that is the key. That is the key that can take you there. Let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 15. Gospel of John, chapter 15. I'll read verse 12. The only way we are going to get into that city is when we have that love that God has talked about over and over and over and over again. Verse 12, John chapter 15. This is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. I want that to sink in. Because it showed to me in that vision that they couldn't go in through that door into that light. Because he said, didn't I tell you to love one another? He said, this is my commandment that you love one another, even as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. John chapter 13. Let me read verse 34 and verse 35. Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adewumi. I want you to write to me and I will send you some literature that will be edifying to you. If you have access to the internet, our web address is www.gospeldistribution.org. You have to spell that one out, gospeldistribution.org. Gospel distribution is one word www.gospeldistribution.org and you can send us email on the internet our email address is webmaster at gospeldistribution.org webmaster at gospeldistribution.org and you can also read all our literature on the internet freely god bless you and see you, we'll see you again next time